give God some praise for this worship team. Yeah, combination of the seasoned saints. Hallelujah. And our regular worship team. Amen. Awesome, awesome this morning. Good morning, Restoration. Good morning. So, first off, I just want to say that uh, we solicit your prayers for our pastor, Pastor Katani. She's under the weather today. You know, she went on vacation, and I guess that motion of the ocean got her this morning. So she's laying down and trying to feel better. Amen. So lift her up in prayer. Hallelujah. Yeah. So anyway, I woke up this morning, and <laughs> I don't know, guys. All this week, I've been a little... A little down, you know, about what's going on, the, the mass shooting in um, Uvalde at the school, and then the week before at Buffalo. It's just been a lot. Would you agree? Would you agree? There's been a lot going on, right? And so um, I just often wonder, you know, getting up every morning, praying over schools, praying over our children praying over our, uh, our church and just all the stuff that's going. Even this morning, I saw in Tennessee where six people were shot. It's like, okay, every time you turn on the TV, bad news. You answer the phone, bad news. You, whatever happens, it seems like there is bad news. Amen? But I got some good news. <laughs> there is good news. There is good news. Amen. I, I know some people are probably walking around saying, where is God? We don't see him. Where's the church? We don't see it. There's so much going on, overwhelmness, all that we're feeling. Where is God? But here's the good news. If we align with him, if we pray, he will show us the invisible. He will show us the invisible. Eddie, can you pull up my uh, big idea this morning? Amen. Yeah. We're looking for God. The world is looking for him. They don't see him. <laughs> but prayer and alignment with him allows us to see the invisible. So we're going to look in the Old Testament this morning. Second Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. If you have your Bibles or phone devices, let's turn there. And guess what? It's a, it's a long narrative, so I'm going to need y'all to keep your Bibles open and keep, your, keep everything open. Because here's what I was thinking this morning with all that's going on in this world. Guys, we got to align with God. We can't just come to church every Sunday sometimes and just open our Bibles only when we're here listening to the speaker or the preacher. We got to get into our word. And I don't mean just read it. We got to get into it and study it because the world, need, we're the answer. We're the answer. Yeah, they want to have gun control, and I believe that and all the other things. But we... The believers, we're the answer. Hallelujah. Keep your Bibles open. And when you go home, read over this narrative again. And come back on Wednesday. 
and ask me some questions if you didn't understand what I was talking about. All right. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so we're going to look in 2 Kings, and just look, give, let me give you a little literary context. So as we understand from um, Pastor Sam the last couple of weeks, he's been in the Old Testament. Uh, ever since Israel uh, came into the promised land, they've been at war with different nations, right? So this narrative is no different. Here we find Syria. Some of your translations might say Aram. Here we find Syria plotting to set up a secret ambush to attack Israel. Somebody say, but God. But God. Yahweh. He told. Now they, they're setting up secret ambushes here and there. And it was so secret, the author didn't even let us know where the ambushes was. He said, such and such place, if you look at verse 8. Go, and find, go to such and such place. So they didn't even tell us. It's such a secret. But Yahweh disclosed to his prophet uh, Elisha where the ambushes were. And then Elisha told the king of Israel where the ambushes were. And the king of Israel did what he needed to do to protect Israel. If we align with God, if we pray, he will allow us to see the invisible. Amen. Okay, let's get started. We're going to, the, the verses are actually from 8 to 23. That's why I want y'all to go home and read because we ain't going to read all that. Okay, we're going to start with verse 11, and I'll be reading from the ESV. I'm going to read 11 through 14. Pause, talk about it a little bit. Read a little more, pause, talk about it for a little bit. So once I read this first, then y'all can sit down. <laughs> okay, so beginning at verse 11. And the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. He called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Yeah, uh-oh. And he said, go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and surrounded the city. I'm going to stop right there. You can be seated. Eddie, if you could put up my first point. It says, if you could see that, it says, if we align ourselves with God, the enemy will attempt to take us out. <laughs> He's going to attempt to come for us. Okay? And we see this in the verses I just read. So, uh, Elisha was telling the king of Israel where um, Syria was hiding out. The king of Syria got upset. He was a little PO'd about it. You know, you know how we can be. He was upset about it. And so he wanted to come after and seize and take captive by force Elisha. 
If you remember in the Old Testament times, God would use his prophets to, as his mouthpiece. They would deliver his messages. He would also use them during, you know, to give military advice to the kings and let them know if they were going to win the war, if they were going to lose the war, or even if they should go to war. So it's not unusual for Elisha to advise the king of what's going on. That's what he does. But you know, when you're called and gifted to do something and you're operating in your gift, the enemy is going to come after you. Amen. So the enemy is coming after Elisha. And not only is he coming after Elisha, he's sending his whole army for one man. One man, he's sending his army and his chariots. And they say the chariots is, means that it's a, a symbol of military power. So he's sending all powerful uh, attack on Elisha. So what's interesting is the author lets us know this little bit in peace. The servant, the, the, the Syrian king thought he had a snitch. But then his servant was like, no, that's Elisha. Not only does he know everything you say, he knows everything you say even in your bedroom. Now, y'all know, y'all know how that in your bedroom is where there's intimacy, right? I know my husband and I, when our children were little, if we wanted to talk amongst ourselves and we didn't want our children to know what we were talking about, we would go in our bedroom and close the door. Okay, that's where deep, dark secrets are shared at times. So here, God is telling Elijah everything this man says, even what he says in his bedroom. And he did not like that. So he was coming after Elijah. But y'all know that's what the enemy does, right? That's what he does. He seeks whom he may devour yeah, he comes after us. He's like a roaring lion. And I don't know about y'all, but right now, right now in my life, the last few years, oh, I feel the attacks. I feel the attacks on my life, on my life of my family. I feel the attacks. And so do you. The world is being pounced on. Right? There's chaos all over the place. It's overwhelming. I feel the attacks. There's attacks on our lives, attacks on our finances, attacks on our marriages, attacks on our health, attacks on our children, attacks on our church. I can go on and on and on. But verse 12 said there is a prophet. There is a prophet in Israel who tells the king of the very words the enemy is saying. And did you not know that in today's time, as believers, you and I, you and I are the prophets. The Lord speaks to us and through us. We are the prophets. And so, believers, this message to you today. Align yourselves with God and pray. And he's going to allow us, you and me, to see the inv invisible. 
You see, God knows every ploy of the enemy. <laughs> he knows every motive. He knows every plan. Nothing's hidden. And he will allow us, if we align ourselves, to see the invisible. And not only that, here's the second thing. He will protect us. Can I get a second screen, please? He will protect us. Amen. <clears throat> I need to drink some water. I need to calm down. I'm just going to tell y'all something. I'm having a hard time today. I'm having a hard time. And I know that God is, God has given me the word. But I'm having a hard time because this is my first time preaching since my husband passed. And he's usually sitting right there next to me, even, even when he didn't feel good. He would make his way just to support me. So that's my, that's my hard time today, guys. So I need your prayers. Have your way, God. Have your way. This is God's words. So I really don't want to make it about me, but I just want y'all to pray. Okay. <clears throat> so now let's start over with point two. We're going to look at verses 15 through 17. Amen. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariot was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to say that one again. Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed. Elisha prayed and he said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's a shout. If we align ourselves with God... He will provide divine protection. That's the second point. If we align ourselves with God, he will provide divine protection. So, as we said earlier, the Syrian army came and snuck there to Dothan by night. And so that they can take Elisha by cap by seas or captivity. And what they did was they surrounded the city. So here's the thing. The city, Dothan was on a hill and they surrounded the, the range. Okay. So then when the servant got up in the morning and looked outside, all he saw was a, a horses and chariots and this army. And it was a big, huge army. And he became afraid. But Elisha said, oh no, Lord, open his eyes uh, and let him see the invisible. And when the servant's eyes were open, 
that mountain that they were on was filled with horses and not just any kind of chariots, chariots of fire. Chariots of fire is a metaphor for the invisible, supernatural reality of divine protection. I'm going to say it again. The chariots of fire represent the super invisible, invisible, supernatural reality of the divine protection. You know how that is. Uh, I've been going through, like I said, for months. But guess what? People will look at me and say, oh, Pastor Karen's strong. No, it's the invisible, supernatural reality of a divine protection. Pastor Sam, I'm sure when you decided not to take that job and, and you left your home and moved all the way to Colorado, people thought you was crazy. But no, no, no. It's the invisible supernatural reality of the divine protection. Hallelujah. And somebody out here is going through something, but yet they're pressing on and pressing in. Why? Because it is the invisible, supernatural, divine protection, and it's real. It's real. And this servant was able to really, really see it. He was able to really, really see it with his eyes. You know, I, ever since my husband passed, I, I, I've never lived alone. I'm 62 years old. I never lived alone. So I was scared. I was scared at night to sleep. And then I got to thinking, you know, I have an invisible, supernatural army of angels surrounding me and protecting me. And I just roll over, slob, probably snore. I don't know. I, don't, I never heard of Patrick. You used to tell me I snored. And I roll over and I sleep. Amen. So Elisha prayed that his servant's eyes could be opened that he might see. Because when he first looked out, he saw, but he didn't really see. The Hebrew word for see means to see. <laughs> it means to look at, to inspect, to perceive, to make visible, to reveal. And like I said earlier, it's a metaphor for spiritual insight. So God allow us to see that with our spiritual eyes. The servant saw the invisible guard of angels that were encompassed around Elisha to defend them. And, and the chariots were symbols of God's divine power. And what I said earlier was the fire was a metaphor for the invisible supernatural reality. So this invisible supernatural army was surrounding Elisha and opposing the Syrian army. So they were standing guard, okay? They were getting ready to provide divine protection. And Elisha was praying. Elisha was praying. And his servant's eyes were open. 
And it wasn't just his physical eyes. It was his spiritual eyes. The eye of faith. See, because faith sees divine presence. Faith sees divine protection. Faith makes the invisible visible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And so God opened his spiritual eyes and allowed him to see. That's what happens when we line up with God. Y'all remember that movie, The Invisible Man? Not the remake. That was a little corny. But the original one, it was probably corny too, but I liked it. The original one, the, the, the um, Invisible Man, he had concocted a potion that he drank that caused him to be invisible. Now, when he wanted to be seen, he would wrap himself with the tape, put on a hat, goggles, suit, and people could see where he was. When he didn't want to be seen, he took everything off. But here's the kicker. Just because you couldn't see him didn't mean he wasn't there. Okay? He was there. And there were times where he had evidence that he was there. Because there were times where you would see footprints in the snow. And you'd see them being made as he walked away or ran away. And there were times he'd be in a, a room invisible listening to to whatever was going on in the room and he may shift something or move something over and the people were able to be aware of his presence now sometimes we're looking for God and he's already there just because you don't see him don't mean he ain't there <laughs> hallelujah because he leaves evidence oh we see his footprints have somebody ever handed you some money just when you needed it God's footprints has somebody ever reached out a helping hand God's footprints has somebody ever called you right when you were down and out and uplifted your spirits footprints and then he moves and he shifts stuff. Have you ever came to church down and out and the worship team began to worship and the atmosphere shifted? Huh? Have you ever been sad? And, and then you just turned on the radio or something and, and something uplifted you and gave you joy. The atmosphere was shifted. Have you ever been sick and the doctor told you he saw something and then when you came back, it was gone? Yeah, that was something moved. Oh, he gives us evidence. Just because you don't see him don't mean he's not there. If we align ourselves with God, he will provide divine protection. And sometimes things don't always go our way. So guess what? Sometimes we have to confront the enemy. Yeah. Let's see. Verses 18 
through 23. I'm just going to read 18 through 20. Can I get number three on the screen? I'll put those little notes up there, and then I, they were supposed to really help me, and in case y'all wanted to write notes, <laughs> but I haven't even been looking at them. Verses 18 through 20. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to, to the Lord and said, Please strike this people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. <clears throat> and Elisha said to them, this is not the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. As soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, oh Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. So here we have the Syrian army called they self coming to grab Elisha. And Elisha just prayed and said, Lord, blind their eyes. And that one man that they came after led them, he said, follow me, and led them all the way to Samaria. What we need to know or what you need to know is that Samaria was the capital city of Israel. Now, remember, Syria's coming to attack Israel. And so they went to Dothan to get Elisha, I guess to shed him up. I don't know. And now Elisha's leading them right to their enemy. Uh-huh. So he said he prayed for the Lord to blind the eyes of the entire army. So this big bad army with their chariots and horses, they follow one person, Elisha. And Samaria was 10 or 12 miles from Dothan. And to us, that don't sound like a lot, but when you're riding a horse and, and you don't have no paved roads and all the, the things we enjoy today, the commentators say that took about five or six hours. So, the blindness. The blindness, they might have been in a state where they could see, but they really couldn't see. They weren't aware that this was Elisha. They weren't aware of where they were being leaded, led to. They were in some form of state, possibly a supernatural state. I, I'm not sure. But they could not perceive or recognize where they were going. <clears throat> so some years ago, I was uh, coming from a work event. And I was driving home. And it, and it was really, really dark. So, I was driving up Monaco. I decided to turn down 6th Avenue and go through Laurie. This was during the time when they were still, um, you know, building Laurie. So, there were no street lights. So, I pulled in there. And remember, y'all know them roundabouts if you ever drive through there? It was dark. I couldn't see. And I got turned around going through them roundabouts. I didn't know if I was headed east, west, north, south. I was driving. I could see, but I couldn't see. 
it, it was almost like I was in a, a blinded state. I couldn't even see the street signs. I'm not even sure if they were there. I couldn't even see the mountains. We know the mountains are west, and so I didn't know where they were. And I called Patrick, and he was like, well, where are you? I don't know. I'm just driving around in circles. And so finally, the Lord led me out to Alameda, and then I was driving west, and I should have been driving east. And it was so uncomfortable to see, but not really see, a form of blindness. So here they are, this Syrian army following this one man for hours, and they were blind. God had rendered them powerless. I don't even know if I told y'all the third point. Yeah. He will render our enemies powerless. He rendered the enemy powerless. And it allowed us and the enemy to see who God is and what he can do. And so they get to Samaria and Elisha prayed, opened their eyes. And when their eyes were open, <laughs> imagine their surprise to find out how far they had strayed, how far they had come. Here they are in the midst of their enemy's territory. They came to seize Elisha, and they got seized. Huh. God will render our enemies powerless. Now, there's something about blindness that I have to bring out. The co a commentator said blindness is an imagery to describe the spiritual condition of a person who is unable or unwilling to, re to perceive divine revelation. Now, I know we're talking about an army, but there's a spiritual piece in this. They were blind. They wandered for 10 miles. And when they came, when their eyes were opened, they found themselves in a place where they didn't know they were going to be. And they saw how far away they had strayed from their original target. I think God blinded them not to keep them blind. He wanted to open their eyes so that they could see. Now here's the spiritual piece. Do y'all remember Adam and Eve? Once they sinned, the word said, and their eyes were opened. And when their eyes were opened, they saw their condition. See, I, I'm thinking that this army represented the, uh, the unbeliever. They didn't know their condition, their spiritual condition. God blinded them and then allowed them to see so they could see their condition. You see, before we gave our lives to Christ, we were blind. We were blind. We didn't see our spiritual condition until our eyes were opened. And then we became sorrowful and repentant. And we asked the Lord to forgive us because now our eyes are open and we see our condition and we see how far we've strayed 
from God. And so that's not all. I, I said I wouldn't read the rest, and I'm not. But I want you to read it when you get home. Once they found out where they were, the king of Israel, he wanted to kill them. Well, that wasn't a rule of war. The rule of war was to take them as slaves. But here's what Elijah said. Now, remember, Elisha represents the God in the earth realm. He said, no, we're not going to kill them. We're not even going to hold them captive. We're going to feed them and send them home. Now, that sounds crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> it is unethical as far as the rules of war. They're supposed to keep them captive. But guess what? They fed them and sent them home. They fed them and they sent them home. They offered them grace and mercy and they sent them home. Okay? This, if the army represented the unbeliever and God blinded them and then let them see their condition... And then they get to this place and they're being fed. Oh, come on, somebody. They're being fed. They're being offered grace and mercy, compassion and care. That's something God would do. Isn't that not what he did for us? He didn't kill us. He fed us. He poured into us. He offered us grace. He offered us mercy. And now we're able to go home and be with him. Now, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. The author doesn't tell us. But I believe in my spiritual mind that somebody in that army got saved. I believe they got saved and they went running out of there all the way home saying amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm fine, found, and guess what? I was blind, but now I see. I believe that's what happened. Prayer and alignment with God allows us, the believers, to see the invisible. And guess what I believe God is saying to us this morning? That everything that's going on in the world... We can't allow what's going on to help to cause us to lose sight. I know we're using all these C's and saws and sight and blind, but it's real. We cannot lose sight of our purpose, of God's plan. We are the believers. We have the answers. We need to go out into the world, into the byways and the highways. And we need to offer grace and mercy to the blind and the lost. I believe that's what God is calling us to do today. Because guess what? There is more with us than it is with them. <laughs> yeah. There's more with us than it is with them. And all that's going on in this world, in this society, they need Christ. Our children, I told my daughter, she was having anxiety. And she's like, how am I going to protect my child? 
I said, and this is going to sound a little harsh, I said, you're going to have to teach her how to die. And I don't mean a physical death. I mean, you're going to have to train her up in the admissions of the Lord. You're going to have to give her Jesus. Because we don't know. It's happening fast and a lot's going on. We don't know who's next. They had a commercial on, and this, it wasn't a commercial. It was an interview. And one of the little girls that was murdered, she was supposed to read a, a, a verse today in church. Did y'all see that? And she did a TikTok video, and I don't know verbatim, but she said, Jesus died for me. And she said, and when I die, I'm going to be with him. I'm sure she didn't know that she was going to die. That thing hit me and impacted me. Come on, worship team. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. Amen. Prayer in alignment with God will allow us to see the invisible. Hallelujah. So if there's anybody here, that has not given their life to Christ. We offer you Jesus today. Time is running out. Time is nigh. We used to say that when we were growing up, you know, and we laughed about it. But here I am, 62 years old, and I'm saying it again. Time is nigh. We don't know the day or the hour. If you have not submitted your life to Christ, here's your opportunity. If you're watching online, go to the chat. Somebody's there to walk you through. If you need to uh, rededicate your life, somebody's here at the altar. If you just want prayer, come to the altar. This is serious. It really, really is, you guys. We all, we've been saying all our lives, we're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. What I learned in seminary was when the Holy Spirit ascended at Pentecost that inaugurated the last days. So we've been living in the end times for years. But that doesn't mean that he's not coming back because he hasn't came when we thought he should. Oh, he's coming back and the signs are ramping up faster and faster. Amen.